I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, one and all, to episode 265 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And for this episode, we welcome Mr. Patron's pick, Jeremy Weltman. Uh, we talked to, or, or I had Metal Dan on the show last episode, and we talked about the Monsters of Rock cruise. And Jeremy goes to a lot of different festivals in the UK. He's gone to a lot of them over the years. So what I wanted to talk about a little bit was kind of the evolution of, you know, hard rock and metal festivals in the UK and how we got from that to the Monsters of Rock cruise. Uh, there have been people that have chimed in on the replay or they've watched, you know, our discussion on YouTube already. Z-Man, who is an old friend of mine from the Talking Metal forums, talks about the fact that Aftershock Festival takes place in California and that it costs so much to see the bands that are on the bill. And, and usually, you know, the bands you want to see are only only play for 20 minutes. So he brings up the fact that for him, uh, Power Prague USA, which happens in Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken, uh, has, you know, the best bang for your buck. It's a lot cheaper and bands all play full sets, more or less. So. Yeah, so that's kind of like where we were going with this discussion, talking about, you know, his, uh, Jeremy's experience in the UK, some of what I've gone through seeing shows here in Spain. I mean, to be honest, the only, like, festival thing that I've been to in the States while living there was Lollapalooza in 96. And that was the year that kind of killed Lollapalooza off until it came back. That was the year that had Metallica had Soundgarden, had Rancid, had Ramones, had Screaming Trees. We just lost Jeff, or not Jeff, Mark Lanigan a few weeks ago. Um, who else was on there? Oh, uh, Psychotica, which is a band that was uh, the lead singer, Patrick, I forget his last name. I should have prepped for this, not realizing that I was going to talk about Psychotica, but had like a, a Marilyn Manson type thing going on. And they initially went back and forth about who's still what. And obviously Manson was bigger, but anyway, yeah. And we actually got Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, and this was, um, damn it in New York. And, and again, I, I'm forgetting it was something Island. I forget the name of the, um, the place, a horseshoe stadium, but, uh, I'm going to be kicking myself because as soon as I stop recording this, I will remember the name of the place. Anyway, so Jeremy's on. We talk about we talk about that. And of course, his patrons pick. You know, why not have Jeremy on twice? We could have Jeremy on once, but having him twice is twice as nice. You know, there you go. <laughs> anyway, so, so yeah, I, you know, this is a, a really cool episode, in my opinion. Um, if you follow the show, the live show, if you've never been able to check the live shows out before because of timing this week, because the U S has sprung forward, uh, all the shows are pushed back an hour later. So trivia Tuesday starts instead of at 5 PM starts at 6 PM, 3 PM Pacific, 
Uh, Fireside is the same, 6 p.m., 3 p.m. Pacific, and then the Signals from Mars live stream, which happens tonight with the UK band Fury, and then followed by uh, Mr. Brad Dahl, Mr. Yarg Metal will be joining me for a little bit as well. Uh, that will start at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And I just want to try this out to see if, hey, maybe by pushing things back a little bit later, more people will join us. You know, it's always fun to interact with people. So the more we can have, the merrier. So please spread the word. Uh, tell friends about the show, people that are like-minded, like all of us that are usually on here, uh, that just love talking about hard rock and metal music. Let your friends know. It's a great hang. It's a fun place to be at. And um, yeah, any of these shows is just great to catch up with all of you guys. Anyway, let's check out Jeremy's patron's pick. Here's Jeremy Weltman with patron's pick. Hello again. Here we are with another patron's pick. Lots of great music out again this week. We're already cracking on through March. Springtime is here and there's lots of music coming out all the time. Victor reviewed on his website the new Ghost album and the new Return to Earth album. The Ghost album we also talked about on the Fireside Chat last week on Friday, which was a lot of fun. There's been a lot of um, good music out by various bands on various labels. There's some nice relaxing instrumental music, if you're into that, from Shadow Universe with the album Subtle Realms, Subtle Worlds. There's an atmospheric album out by, uh, called Close by Mesa. Quite enjoyed that one. There's the usual uh, voluminous output on Frontiers, lots of melodic rock that they produce almost every week, I think. There's a, an album called XXX, it could also be, of course, Kiss 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 by Radioactive, with many guest artists on that, on every track, in fact, um, including Robin McCauley. There's more from uh, the band's Find Me, uh, Rotten Rage, New Horizon, all on the same Frontiers label. In fact, I swear one day I'll actually go on a US road trip and take a copy of every Frontiers album that they've ever made, put it all on a playlist and just listen to the lot. There's some decent riffs uh, and, and, a, and a really sort of decent album uh, cover as well from the, from the band called Bastard. There's the strangely hypnotic band Convent with Call Down the Sun. Quite an interesting sound, that. There's Prime Time by Rizon, or Ryzen, which was okay, as well as Love is Demode by The Human Tornado. Quite like that one. I'd like to hear quite a bit more. But this week's patron's pick is actually a UK band. I wasn't planning to, to pick them, actually. I was quite surprised how good it was. It's a band that I recognised from around 1980 called Cloven Hoof. They were one of the new wave of British heavy metal bands. Uh, they uh, come from Wolverhampton, or Wolverhampton, as they say there. They came back around the year 2000 after 10 years uh, where they'd obviously finished and, and decided to, to pack it in. This album is called Time Assassin. It's their fifth new album since reforming, I believe, their, their fifth new album. They, they did sort of re-release uh, one or two of the previous albums. And it uh, comes two years after The Age of Steel. It was quite a surprise, really. There were some really great riffs. Uh, I'd say it was well-produced, too. 
And one of the big surprises was the the great voice from George Call, who I believe has been on three albums now. I haven't actually listened to uh, any of their previous stuff, so as I say, it was a it was a huge surprise to hear that. And I really liked a lot of the songs on here. Uh, the second track, Liquidator, in particular, reminded me of Judas Priest. But there was a lot of good good tracks on this. It wasn't all absolutely brilliant. There may be one track on there which I didn't quite like, but I certainly like the rest of it. And so this week's patrons pick, I recommend you really pick it up and have a listen to it, is the album Time Assassin from Cloven Hoof. There you go. Jeremy's patrons pick. Always a great segment. I would personally always pronounce that cloven hoof. So cloven hoof. I guess I've been pronouncing it wrong. Once again, Jeremy with his, uh, his excellent English accents. Uh, and I'm not talking about his normal accent. I'm talking about when he does accents from different parts of the country. We, we got to do that as, as a, a bonus every time that, um, that we have Jeremy on, see if he can do uh, a British accent from a different part of the UK to enlighten all of us to see the difference. Because that's one of the things that I get while I'm here in Spain. Oh, I don't understand your English, but I understand British English. Okay. So I remember saying the one person, I said, okay. So if I put a clip on of the Gallagher brothers from Oasis, who are actually subtitled in the UK because a lot of people don't understand them. Are you going to understand them? I don't think so. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. I want to thank all my patrons. Um, let's go oldest to newest here. We have Twisted Steve Hoker, Jeremy Weltman, who we just heard from, and we'll be hearing from Mr. Patrons Pick right after this segment. We have our Mike Jones. We have Mr. Yarg Metal, Brad Dahl. We have the Metal Dentist, Gabriel Ruiz. We have from the Chris and Amanda show, we have Mr. Chris Vaglio. We have Jose in Connecticut. We have Mr. Metal Dan. Up in Sweden, we have Johan Erdström. He is the metal politician, metal chef. Uh, he's just an overall good guy. We have Ed the Shred Ferguson. In Ireland, we have Mr. Anthony Mackey. In Pennsylvania, we have Mr. Stephen Saylor. And the latest person to join is actually my brother, Art. So I want to thank all you guys for your continuous support. A lot of these people are the same people that follow me on all the shows that I do. Before I do the Signals from Mars live show, I do a, a pre-show up on a platform called Fireside. The cool thing about this platform is that I can invite people up to talk. So essentially, I talk about the new releases. I talk about metal news. And then the last 15, 20 minutes of the show, I have people come up on stage and just discuss different things that they have um, that, that they have in mind that they want to discuss. Last week, as uh, Jeremy just mentioned, we talked about the new Ghost album, which was awesome. Uh, it was Jeremy, it was Brad, and it was actually Johan. We all got to talk a little bit about uh, the new ghost album in Pira, which I just ordered on vinyl actually. And it's always fun. So I invite you guys to join fireside and hop on 
an hour before the live show. Um, unfortunately, it's only iOS exclusive at the moment, so you can only use it if you have an iPhone or an iPad. Uh, but I do have the Windows for YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch open because it does broadcast out there live as well. And if I see that you guys are sending questions in or you guys sending shout outs or whatever, I do mention it during the show. All your feedback really means a lot to me. Uh, you know, it, it makes me feel, hey, someone actually gives a crap. So that's why, uh, you know, I encourage you guys to go out there and chime in. And if I see something that, um, that we can go with, and then I'll bring it up. You know, sometimes I'm interviewing people and the questions don't fit or the same person asks like 18 questions. It's like, all right, dude, you, you already asked two or three. And um, yeah, that's kind of enough there. But anyway, aside from the fireside show and aside from the signals from Mars show, I do trivia Tuesday on Twitch. It almost always comes down to the wire. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we usually get three or four of, again, of the patrons joining me. It's usually Jeremy, Brad, Metal Dan and Steve Hoker that uh, joined me. It's a multiple choice quiz show where the quicker you answer, the more points you get. The quicker you answer, and if you answer it wrong, the more points you lose as well. So you got to try to play strategically, basically. So that's a lot of fun. That's on Twitch. And that show, well, I will say that because in the U.S. daylight savings time has happened already, hasn't happened in the rest of the world. These shows are, until the final week of March, are an hour later than usual as a result. So I mentioned that at the beginning of the show where I'm kind of doing this to see what works and what doesn't work because maybe that later time works for more people to hop on board and chime in and and be a part of everything that I do. You know, the interaction, again, um, is very important to me. Um, I want to thank you guys for checking this episode out again. I realize that there are a million other shows out there that you guys can be listening to or radio or songs or whatever, but you choose to spend this time with me. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart. No bullshit. You know, it means uh, a lot. So. Uh, we're going to move on to the interview segment with Jeremy talking about festivals. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome, one and all, to the March 11th edition of the Signals from Mars live stream, live show. I am joined by Mr. Jeremy Weltman in the UK. Uh, technical issues aside, how are you, sir? <laughs> yeah, fine, fine. Sorry about it being a little bit late there, but I'm on my mobile phone. Hopefully this will be uh, better than last time because I was actually in the dark. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And, and we're not talking about uh, Billy Squire, but um, <laughs> yeah, just uh, hello to Jose who's joining us um, on YouTube. And we just had a really good discussion on Fireside about the new ghost and Brad uh, talking about seeing Judas Priest. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
I didn't tell you that I was actually wearing the hat at the time as well. (laughs) (laughs) I was I was thinking, uh, is is he? is, 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 did you grab the hat after uh, we had the discussion? But no, you're saying that you had it no. on. Yeah, yeah, because it, arri- it arrived this week, actually. I bought it this week. So, um, yeah, I had it, had it on already. So uh, there you go. <laughs> awesome. And we have uh, A to Z, Lil Willie, joining us uh, from Twitch, saying hello to the two of us. Um, not sure I know who that is, but I'm sure uh, we will. Find out as the uh, show goes on. But uh, we had a really cool show last week with Metal Dan talking about the Monsters of Rock cruise. But obviously, all of this originated way back at Castle Donington. And obviously, there have been festivals before then. But the big metal festival to kind of kick things off to to get everything else uh, going. Oh, it's Bill Elam. Duh, okay. <laughs> Hi, Bill. Um, is is the Monsters of Rock Festival at Castle Donington? And yes, we had the Leeds and Reading Festival, which used to also have like a metal day, but that kind of went away. It isn't what it used to be because used to have bands like Saxon and, and Maiden and stuff like that play there. Um, historically, Maiden played there and they saw Bruce Dickinson with Samson. And uh, that was kind of what convinced them that they wanted Bruce in the band. Um, but to my knowledge, Reading and, and Leeds don't do that anymore. Yeah. Um, the, the, the thing to say as well is that Reading Festival was on its own originally. It wasn't partnered with Leeds Festival. I think that came much later. Um, okay. So, yeah, I mean, these were the early, the early festivals. Um, they um, they have changed a lot over the years, a hell of a lot. As you know, um, you're saying it's, it was Monsters of Rock at Donington. It's no longer right. called that anymore. Um, it's Download Festival, and it has been for a long time, and that's what everybody knows it as now. Um, right. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they were really big in their day. They were great for, um, for sort of showcasing all the the big bands and the smaller acts as well you know and and bands would want to get on the bill and and move up the bill um they were a totally different experience as well i mean i didn't actually go to the very early uh festivals i wasn't allowed to go uh and there was a reason for that i mean festivals in those days were a dangerous thing to go to there was no real health and safety that you know there were people throwing cans around there was People getting drunk everywhere. I mean, the people getting drunk everywhere now at festivals, but uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but there was a lot of drug taking. There was violence. Um, there was overcrowding. Um, the, the facilities were even more preposterous than they are now. Uh, right. They were, you know, they were awful. And and your parents just wouldn't let you go to festivals in those days. It was one of those things. Um, but they were great for bringing on the bands and, you know, we, some of the great monsters of rock in the day, you know, they were legendary really for, for some of the yeah. bands that, that played on them. There was a, I remember in a Reading festival back in the day, um, Slade actually appeared on one. Uh, they were, I think they were brought on as a, as a, an act. Um, they, they weren't supposed to be on the bill, I think. And then they were brought in late and uh, mm. they they brought out a single. I think it was called "We'll Bring the House Down," 
uh, which was about that. I, I think it was about that day that they were there, uh, and they really did um, take take the festival by by storm that day. Yeah, well, just and also to give you an idea, with uh, with these shows, they aren't like download now, where it's three stages, it's you know forty bands going at the same time. No, yeah. you look at like, the, the the classic. Um, let's look at 1988 because all of us have seen videos of the clairvoyant and the evil that men do by Iron Maiden, which were shot at that, at that edition of the monsters of rock. It was Halloween with guns and roses who during guns and roses set two people died during that. And footage of that was also used in the, um, paradise city video was shot there and was shot at, the uh, former giant stadium in New Jersey, actually, which is now a parking lot. Um, and then it was Megadeth, David Lee Roth, Kiss, and Iron Maiden. That's it. You had six bands on the bill. Mm. They all played, you know, uh, I'm assuming that normal sets for, for those bands in that day. But now, I mean, we know this. You, you, you go to Bloodstock frequently. Um, I've gone to several festivals here in spain the bands that come out early in the day some only play 20 minutes long and there's again three two three sometimes four stages going at the same time Mm -hmm. so it's 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 a lot of stuff going on to try to keep your attention and sometimes you know you really have to decide okay who do i want to see because it's difficult to choose you know where you're going to spend your time. I mean, Bloodstock has what, like 30 bands, something like that. Yeah. And, and, you know, download a a fair few years. I've actually had to write down the bands I want to see the times I'm going to see them. It's a logistical exercise to get around all the bands that you want to see. And inevitably you don't see them all, or you see little bits of the set. Um, It's a, it's a real, you know, it is a real exercise to, to actually go. You, You need to be fully fit to get to that festival and, and see everything you want to see. Um, yeah. yeah, they've really changed over the years. I don't think people would part with the money, really. Um, you know, if you think about it, the, the price of festivals has gone up a huge amount. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think now. I mean, you're looking at sort of, you know, it's a good in excess of £100 uh, per, well, it's about, a, you know, 70 to £100 per day. Um, right. If you just want a day ticket, I suppose um with all the fees and that sort of thing and then then you've got your transport and you've got your you know your food and drink and all that sort of stuff and so you know to attract people in it's not just the headliners you've got to have you know you've got to have a lot of bands on um i mean you you you've been looking at the festival in i think it's is it the one in spain you're looking at for this year and there's there's a hell of a lot of acts on there and some really good bands as well so you know you've got to have the you've got to have good names on well, and and then we have it was just announced uh, two weeks ago um, in the stadium where uh, Atletico Bilbao plays, which is about forty minutes away. On the same day as uh, the Barcelona Rock Fest, you have Weezer, uh, Metallica, and the Helicopters, and then two other bands that I don't know who they are. So, uh, the tickets are somewhat similar in price. But the difference is one shows 40 minutes away. The other one's four and a half hours away. Mm. So one of these things where, um, at least in my household, I said, okay, 
Um, I turn to my wife and my kids. If you had a choice between seeing Metallica or seeing Kiss, who would you prefer to see? Now, my wife has already seen Kiss. She's never seen Metallica, and Metallica is her favorite band. Um, and both of my kids said, Kiss, we want to see Kiss. And I said, ah, now you're putting me in a in a tough spot here. Because of course, and initially I would have I would have said, you know, I would have said kiss as well. But then again, you work in the fact that um you know, uh well, now with gas prices going up, <laughs> I was gonna say it's it was 200 euros in gas to to get there and back when we were there last year. So it's probably going to be closer to 300 plus you got to stay the night plus yeah, yeah. it's completely different having two small kids being 40 minutes away and knowing that Metallica is probably not coming on stage until midnight. Whereas if you're all those hours away and kiss probably isn't hitting the stage until at least midnight or one in the morning. So you got to factor all these things in. Yeah, um definitely. Let's see here. Johan is saying, I've been to 20 years of Roskilde, 18 years, Sweden Rock, 14 years. Oh, dear Lord. How do you pronounce this? <laughs> and Johan always says, says to me, what? You've never heard these words in Swedish? No. Hultsfred <laughs> uh, uh, Festivalen <laughs> and a couple of others since 1989. Looking forward to this. I am a festival veteran. That's awesome. Um, let's see here. Jose is saying San Mames. Okay, but it's not the old San Mames. There's uh there's a new one. Well, I'm saying new. The, the the stadium is it's a year less than than my youngest kid. So the years the, the stadium's eight years old. And the only reason I know this is because we bought the um we bought our car at a dealership that was two blocks away and when we bought our car the stadium wasn't complete they played an entire season with it as a horseshoe and then once this that season was over they finished setting up that final piece um at the end of one side of the field uh, let's see. Brad is going to M3 in May. That's interesting because M3 was, well, it was September last year, I guess, because of COVID. Um, but, um, yeah, in the U S they're starting to up their game with a lot of the hard rock and metal festivals. And there were some things announced this week, I believe the, um, louder than life festival, which is going to be three days. But it's similar to what we mentioned, where it's Kiss, Nine Inch Nails, and I forget who the third headliner is. Um, look it up real quick. But what's the first festival that you actually went to? That's a good question. It will have been one of the download festivals. And okay. I've been I've been, I've been to probably about ten of them, and I'm oh, trying wow. to think. I'm trying to think when the first one was. Um, it's a good twenty years ago, I guess, 15, 20 years ago when I started going to download. Uh, I can't quite remember when it was now. Um, 
But yeah, the last um, official, yeah, the last official Monsters of Rocket Donington was '96. Yeah, so it's after then. It's when downloads was going. Um, can't remember. I've seen quite a few headliners. I've been seeing obviously Metallica a few times, Iron Maiden, Kiss, uh, Slipknot. Uh, you name it, you know, all the big bands have been on there. I missed the ACDC year, unfortunately. Um, can't remember why why I didn't go to that one. Um, but, yeah, there, there's been been quite a few. But I've, I've also seen a few other interesting festivals. Uh, the High Voltage Festival in Victoria Park in London, that was on for two years, um, and then it, it got called off because of the Olympics in 2012. So it was on, I think it was 2010 and 2011 it was on. And then 2012, they didn't have it on because of the Olympics. And then it just sort of faded away. And then it came back as the Rambling Man Fair in Maidstone about four, four or five years after that. Uh, the organizers <laughs> decided to have it elsewhere. Um, and that that was also really good as well. Saw, saw some good bands on there. I think so 2015 Scorpions were on. Uh, 2016 White Snake, Blackstone Cherry were headlining. Um, 2017, I saw that one. Extremes, Easy Top. Uh, so there's, you know, some decent bands on really, and there, there weren't, you know, the crowds weren't that massive at it. Probably at, at most five, ten thousand, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that a lot of the festival names cross over here into Spain because the high voltage. No, I'm getting it um, confused with it wasn't high voltage. It was the electric festival is what it was called. That was like the year before they did Sonosphere in the UK. And then they ended up bringing the Sonosphere name here to Spain for two years because mm-hmm. it was here. It was done by Ticketmaster and it was done by another promoter, a shoddy promoter that used to do all these different festivals but they did a real like crap job of it you know it was uh, yeah. a lot of what you were saying you know their festivals were thrown together bathrooms were ridiculous food was outrageous in price they promised you know a campsite you'd go to the campsite and everyone was like a millimeter away from the next person it was it, it, it was terrible but um yeah so so they aren't actually a, aren't running well i guess they run one somewhat like stoner hard rock festival um now but that that's about it Uh, the only other festival they do is like an indie rock one but Mm. um i'm seeing that download it's saying that the first year of download was 2003 right yeah yeah it was made made in audio slave and okay, so you're saying you missed the ACDC one, which was 2010, which headliners were ACDC, them Crooked Vultures, Rage yeah. Against the Machine, and Aerosmith. Ah, now I saw the Aerosmith day, so maybe I didn't go to all of it. Definitely okay. saw Aerosmith, yeah. So sometimes I just go for a day, you know, don't go to all right. three days, yeah, yeah. Um, how difficult is it to get the download? Because I remember I looked at it for me and I was like, it's going to take us a day to get there. Yeah. So we have to leave like a day ahead of time and we will come back a day after the festival. So it ended up being like a five day affair. 
And I was yeah. like, yeah, we kind of want to rethink this because it's not as easy to get there as what I thought. So, so Download Festival is actually right next to East Midlands Airport, in right in the Midlands. Uh, it's not far from Derby and Nottingham. So for me, get, going there, I mean, I um, if I go for more than more than a day, I'll stay overnight in a hotel. So I'll probably drive mm -hmm. to Derby. It's an hour and a half drive at most. Uh, so it's a nice drive. It's it's fine. Um, the problem with the festival itself is that you've got a little bit of a logistical problem getting from Derby to the festival. So first of all, you go on, you, there's, there's a special bus service that you can get uh, that takes you to what they call the front door. But it's it's nowhere near the front door of the, uh, of the festival. There is an okay. enormous walk, an enormous walk from the car park where the bus stops to the festival. And normally I'm fine because I'm quite a fit guy. It's fine for me to, to walk into the festival and join the queue, by the way, as well. There's a huge queue to get in. And of course, you've got to try and get your wristband on because you've, you've just turned up and you know you need to go and get your wristband and sort all that out. And then you find out the first band's actually playing while you're still in the queue and you're really annoyed because that was, that was one of the bands on your list. Right. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really big walk. And the reason why it was a problem for me one year, I had slit discs in my back. And ah. my wife said, you should go to the festival. You've got the ticket. You might as well go. Okay, you're on a crutch, but I'm sure they'll get a little buggy for you and you, they can take you from, uh, you know, from the bus stop to the front of the festival. So I asked the guys, I said, you know, can, you, can I get a lift? Oh, no, no. Sorry, you're gonna to have to walk all the way to the uh, to the oh, front wow. entrance. <laughs> so I was in a lot of pain that year. I remember watching. I think it was uh, Joe Bonamassa and Status Quo were on. Uh, I think Dee Snider was on. Uh, oh, in fact, it was Twisted Sister. Um, they were really good, by the way. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Maybe maybe mixing up the years here with some of the bands because you know you forget. Uh, there was the guy who's the guitarist at Bon Jovi. Uh, Richie Sambora. Richie, Richie, yeah, yeah. He he was doing stuff on his own, you know, with um, the girl he was going out with, who's also a guitarist, Aria Aria Ariathi. Ariathi, yeah, yeah, still dating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, they were brilliant, but I was uh, I was in huge agony with my back. Uh, I was I took a little sort of um, you know, like a, a stick to sort of it's like um like a country stick which has a little seat on the top of it so i, I plonked yeah. it in the ground and I, and I sat on it um and i'm i'm taking paracetamol while i'm watching uh watching richie but it was uh it was good <laughs> yeah and, and that so, isn't going to be doing all that much for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i went back early as well i think the, the um i'm sure the world cup was on because i got back to the hotel and i watched uh, i think it was england v italy on the on the on the uh, TV oh, wow. after. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So yeah, I mean, uh, for me, it's okay get getting to to download festival. It's not too bad. It's just you know the walking afterwards is is quite a long way. But um, you know, actually driving there or getting there is re reasonably okay. But for people coming from abroad, um, you know, you go to East Midlands Airport and, and go from there. Really. Yeah, because all the information I could find was. Obviously, we have Ryanair here, and it would fly you to uh, Stansted. And then I was looking at, okay, so we'd have to take a bus all the way there. 
And it was like, okay, between, you know, the three hour flight plus the bus, you know, that was like an entire day almost. Um, <laughs> and then we were looking cause one of the, one of the people that was, that was asking about going, he, he was saying, Oh, you know, well, we could leave after the show. I'm like, yeah, it's like a six hour bus ride back to the, you know, the airport, you know, it isn't that easy a commute. And he said to me, well, don't, don't they have an airport, you know, reasonably, reasonably close. I said, yeah, but it costs X amount to fly there. I mean, sure. You can get there quicker, but it's also a lot more expensive. He's a doctor by the way. So I'm sure he didn't have, you know, his, (laughs) his pockets were probably a little deeper than mine. So I was like, yeah, I I can't, can't pull the trigger on this one. Yeah. For me, for me going to, um, when I mentioned the rambling man fair, which was in Maidstone. So it's down in Moat park in Maidstone, which is sort of Southeast England. And unfortunately Mm -hmm. that one was always on the weekend when the kids would break up from school. So my wife and I would get in the car and seriously take an entire day to get to the festival. We'd say, we kind of go, we'd leave, we'd leave in the morning and the festival would sort of, the first day of the festival was never starting at lunchtime. It was always sort of five o'clock, you know, so you'd see a sort of a pre, show on the friday and we get there probably about four absolutely exhausted and we right. we get to the hotel and then finally get to the festival it's quite that was a long drag going down there every year but it was worth it because the, the festival itself was really good yeah for us i mean we've done we use we had two festivals that that i went to that were again 40 minutes away in bilbao was up on a mountainside which was really cool and it was a decent setup, but um, there was a problem between two promoters. They fought over Metallica. So what ended up happening was they purposely scheduled the following year's festivals the same dates. So they essentially screwed one another. So instead of having 50,000 fans at one show and 50 at the other, they split the crowds. You had 25 at one place and 20 at the other because based on the bands that were playing, you went to the one or you went to the other. And as a result, they didn't make the quota that, you know, at least here, Bill Bow footed a lot of the bill, you know, for them to bring a lot of these bands in, figuring that they would, you know, make X amount in profit. That's what they tend to do. The, The city pays for, pays the promoter X amount to bring, certain bands in and they they expect a specific return on it when they don't get it, then they don't pay the next year. You know, that's mm-hmm. uh, they they look for another music festival and that's what they ended up doing. And both, both festivals ended up going belly up. So after that, they started doing shows in, uh, in Madrid that we would go to. But again, that's like four and a half hours away. And before kids, it wasn't a problem or when they were relatively small, it wasn't a problem. But now, I mean, it's, you know, from an economic standpoint of, like I said before, driving there and then paying for everyone's ticket. I mean, whether they're not, it's still a hundred and something euros, you know, either per day or for multiple days. So. Yeah, it gets expensive. Definitely gets expensive. But I think uh, a lot of these festivals, you know, they're trying to make it work money-wise because they're on tight budgets, a lot of them. And there's a huge amount of small festivals here in the UK now as well, you know, doing the rounds. I think there's been too many festivals in some respects, you know, um, 
and they're not they're not all um making money i mean this rambling man fair that i mentioned you know that went bust i i said to my wife you know i used to look out at the crowds i said how do they make this work you know you've got a band like the scorpions on they must be taking must be paying the scorpions a lot of money and, and then they've got to pay you know all the ba- all the other bands there was bands like ufo on and ynt and various other you know bands that lower down the bill um and you're just wondering how they make it work really well a band like scorpions there, there was somebody that leaked the list years ago here um which had e- what everyone was was asking for and it was funny because i talked to my wife and i said you know a band like a metallica or the rolling stones is getting paid seven figures to pay play a festival. She yeah. said, no, that's impossible. I said, no, it's not impossible because those bigger bands that are guaranteeing you 50 to 60,000 people are, are getting paid seven figures because they're the ones that are making the, the festival. They're, they're the ones that are moving all the tickets that are moving all the, you know, f- uh, food and beverage consumptions and all that stuff. But a band like Scorpions, I have to think, is probably making, I don't know, anywhere between 30 to 50,000 euros probably per show. Right, right. You know, easily. A band like UFO is probably between 10 to 15, you know, because I I know national bands here are making anywhere between three to eight, sometimes 10, depending on the popularity. So, it's it's they're going up from there. Y and T, Y and T, when they've come to Spain, they're playing like two hundred people venues. So I mean, I would, I would gather that it's within that same, you know, price point. So a lot of these yeah. festivals have a, a big, huge, you know, headliner, and then the other bands are, you know, kind of there to fill out the rest of their budget. It doesn't always work, and you know, as you're saying, a lot of them go belly up. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed a few headliners as well. They they seem to do a, a slightly shorter set. So I'm wondering if they, you know, they're not getting getting paid a huge amount. They just say, you know, we'll do an hour and twenty minutes. We'll do, you know, an hour and a quarter, and th- <laughs> and that's it. We'll go in, go out, take the money, and we're gone. <laughs> and and a lot of them. And the other thing too with the festivals that a lot of people don't understand. And, and this was funny because I remember before Metallica released Death Magnetic on um, the Talking Metal forums, there was somebody that argued with me that Metallica was done. They're done. Look at that. They're only playing in Europe now. I said, yeah, they're playing in Europe because the festivals are playing, they're paying them millions of dollars. They don't have to set anything up. They're just shipping one of two sets of backlines that they have. Um, And the festival is taking care of the rest. And they're flying in and out of shows as a matter of fact you know they they've famously set up headquarters where each one of them is set up in a different country fly in the day of the show do the show and then fly back to to where they were at and people say oh no they're done they're never they're never going to be as big as they were yeah so fast forward to how many years later and they are still playing stadiums and stuff like that around the world so Mm -hmm. go figure Yeah. yeah I mean, the the best value act that I've seen have probably been the Guns N' Roses on their most recent tour at Download. When they played, um, I think they did a, it was a three-hour set. Right. It was it was incredible, but it wasn't boring. You know, sometimes 
you, you could be thinking, you know, I don't want to see a band for three hours. I just want to see an hour and a half, an hour, you know, two hours. Uh, but they went through all their songs and they did some solos and stuff. And I was looking, my wife came with me and I was looking at her and two and a half hours later I was saying, um, you know, this is still fantastic. It's amazing. They, they were really good at it. Uh, and they, they helicoptered in, helicoptered out. Apparently they had uh, pizza flown in from America, especially on the rider. They wouldn't eat any pizza that was made in England. They would only have it shipped in. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, you've been to the U.S. Have you tried pizza in the States? Uh, I don't think I had the pizza, no. I, I've, I've tried lots of things there. I had lots of burgers, but not pizza. Yeah, it's it's a completely different beast. If, if there's one yeah. thing that I miss living here is real American pizza. So, and yeah. I know that you've got the uh, <clears throat> purists that will tell you there's nothing like uh, pizza from uh, from Naples and this and that. Say, yeah, mm. okay, you can have <laughs> your 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 paper thin crust that's burnt to a crisp. I'll take what I like from there. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> what did you think about uh, Metal Dan's discussion last week about the cruise? Now. Brad has had said that um, uh, that for him it kind of scared him that he had contemplated you know doing one of these cruises, but that mm. it scared him because of some of the things that had taken place to to Dan. Um, obviously, I mean, well, let's let's be honest the the hard rock and metal fan, the diehards are money-spending people. Mm. We see from the vinyl that the two of us buy and there are people that are buying, you know, um, who's going to release a $200 album now? Oh, that's Kanye West. No, um, Tool was going to release an $800 version of an album of theirs with just like one or two bonus tracks in a Blu-ray. Mm. Um, hard rock and metal fans pay the, pay this money. So I don't see, I see it as a smart business move by some of these festivals to do this stuff because they know that they're going to have, even if it's only 3,000 fans as opposed to 10, 20, 30, or 50,000, they're paying, you know, anywhere between three to 16,000 a head. So they're making the same amount of money for, I don't. I mean, I don't know what the logistics are, but I'm mm. assuming that it's. It may actually be easier to put this on than than doing the whole festival. You know, the the classic festival setup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, it's it's very appealing to to many fans. I mean, who doesn't want a holiday when they're watching heavy metal or every day? Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like heaven, doesn't it? Um, right. But there's a few things that would put me off personally. I mean, I've looked into it, you know, I actually looked at it once. I thought, you know, maybe we could go for a five days on a, on a cruise and, and, you know, it'd be great. But I just mm -hmm. thought, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if I want to be on a, on a boat for five days or just listening to metal all the time. Um, I wasn't sure it was worth it, you know, 
money-wise. I just thought it was overpriced. This is one of the reasons why I asked about um, whether the food and drink was included in the price. Because right. I, I know in America, you know, the prices of things are, are much higher. You know, the dollar price, you know, you can quote whatever you like for something and there'll, there'll still be a thousand people turn up. I'm sure there's a few people turning up at, um, at Vinny's uh, talks and his, uh, and his signings. Uh, but we yeah. won't go into that one again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to say about it because you know that you can get it. You can, you know, he was saying he went into the canteen and Steve Harris was in there, uh, right. or you know, the cafeteria or whatever. You know, and he was having his lunch and and he got to speak to him. I mean, that's that's an amazing thing. You know, that every rock fan would want to do. Uh, just to be able to walk around and see a few stars, you know, hanging around and having a chat, um, that would be that would be fun. Um, I'm sure it must be great, you know, being outside in the sun, uh, standing around the pool, watching some metal, you know, that that would be great. Um, you've got some negatives, you know, the usual thing, you know, you can go to a festival here and you're you're caked in mud. Well, that you know, when you're on a boat, uh, you know, you could be in some terrible weather. And it could be really rocking, uh, and you spend a whole, you know, you spend a lot of money, and you might be, you know, quite feeling quite sick, um, mm. and and not enjoying yourself. Um, but I think, you know, from a promoter's point of view, it's just um, it's another way of um, changing the experience of a festival, isn't it? You know, it, yeah. it's it's thinking through something that you know you can monetize um, something new. Um, and and you can see it's a big success in in certain parts of the world. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And like you're saying, with the whole Steve Harris thing, I was thinking when he was telling that story, I'm like, Rod Smallwood is pulling his hair out, you know, because a lot of these bigger bands, how often do you run into them? Yeah, you know, in that sort of setting, I mean, they're very guarded, they're very protected. You know, so so to actually come across a band and be able to, you know, share some some time with them. And even if it's just say hello, goodbye, thank you for your music, you know, whatever, mm. you know, given all the all the meet and greets and all that stuff nowadays. You're not coming across Steve Harris, you know, it's, it's specifically Steve Harris, you know, specifically Iron Maiden. When's mm. the last time you heard of? anything remotely like that i mean i don't know what adrian is doing with richie cotton and i know that bruce is doing all these speaking engagements but i don't know that bruce is engaging the crowd after you know i don't know that he's shaking hands or signing autographs or anything mm -hmm. like that um so yeah i mean that's an aspect that that you have to think of but again i mean is the headliner he talked about alice cooper Okay, Alice himself is just there one day in and out. So are you expecting, again, are, are you expecting a Steve Harris, but instead you get Steve Harris from Tokyo Blades? You know, it's there's there's a completely different thing there. You know, there, yeah. there's, uh, you know, or, or you're getting the, you know, seventh drummer in Rhino Bucket is, hey, he's, he's at the bar, let's go. Let, let, let's go speak to him, you know, and it's like, oh, okay. What's his name? You know, one, one of these jobs, but you know, I, I guess that's one of those things that you yeah. kind of, and, and Dan even said, you know, he, he doesn't go every year and, you know, he may not go 
again after this. Um, yeah. I, I've just thought of something else that they could do, you know, to, to expand on this, really. I mean, what about the rock and roll train? I mean, you know, you could have a, a train that goes from one place to another and all right. these guys are on board. And, uh, you know, that, that would be another way of doing it. We, we could make a lot of money here, Victor. <laughs> that, that's funny because uh, as, as a kid in the, uh, you know, when I was dreaming of uh, becoming a rock star, that was my big thing. We're going to do a video on a train. <laughs> and then many years later, Velvet Revolver did it. And I'm like, oh, man. No longer original, no yeah. longer would uh, you know, had this idea for twenty years. Damn it, they stole it. <laughs> I can see the train being all done out, you know, all in rocks, rock stuff as well, sure. and being like the, you know, like remember when ACDC had the train on stage, you know, that sort of. I can see it. Imagine the logistics, though. Let's say that um, that somehow, like the the final car, the the caboose is is the band train and then depending yeah. at what station you stop at you know they they disconnect the uh that that specific car and connect a new one <laughs> so you get mm. a new band that way I'm not, sure I mean, could, I'm not sure you'd see the band very well either that's the only problem because yeah. trains are very long and thin not like a band. Right, right. <laughs> yeah that's, that's what i was gonna say maybe i need uh, to think this through a bit more <laughs> and I th I thought of as well, um, but much much to your point, they they could do one of these cruises. I don't know that they've done any of them in Europe that are that are similar to this. No, uh, yeah, I've the ones I've spotted have all been around America, definitely. Yeah, all on the Caribbean, or mm. um, there have been some that have gone on the Pacific coast of of Mexico. Because I was thinking about that. Uh, I was like, well, why haven't they tried like South America in the summer or Australia or anything like that? But then I'm I'm assuming that it has a lot to do with the, you know, the ocean itself where the where they do do it. The weather seems to be calmer. Like they they aren't going around the uh, the British Isles and and going around the North Sea or anything like that. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know they've done some. I'm not sure if it was on the beach in Ibiza. There may have been. There may have been one on a ship in Ibiza. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure how successful it was because I'm, I'm pretty certain they're not doing it anymore. And it may have been quite a few years ago. Where they did it was a beach. You said in Ibiza that they played. It was either a beach one or it was on a on a ship. So okay. maybe they did try it on a ship, maybe in the summertime. Um, there have been several beach-related festivals here. I know before I moved here, Sepultura headlined a show at a, at a beach that's 20 minutes from my house. And everyone that I know that went to the show said that it was that it was awesome because all the bands were playing and you could see the, the waves and everything behind them as as – you know, as they were playing. So it was a beach where, yeah, the tide comes up, but it's more or less, you know, there isn't a big difference in, in the tide. Mm. So by, con by contrast, there's a, a festival here, which is quite successful. And I'm thinking of going to it uh, on a, on a mountain in Wales. But, uh, but the okay. unfortunate thing is that quite a few years, it's been, it's been very, very wet. Uh, it's been quite a few years where there's been very quite stormy because Wales can be like that anyway, especially mm. in the summer. 
Um, not quite sure what it's like going, because apparently it's right on the top of a mountain and it's a guy who owns a farm. Um, but they have some big bands that go up there. Michael Schenker's going there this year. Wow. Uh, they've had Europe there. You know, they've had um, Black Star Riders. You know, all those sort of bands have all been playing. Uriah Heap's been there. Is, is uh, Gareth Bale uh, footing the bill there? I mean, that's one of these. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> then again, Bruce did set up his, uh, his aerodynamics company there because he got a, a sweet uh, tax uh, break for going to Wales instead of doing it somewhere else in the UK. So could okay. be one of those things as well. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so um let's see so jose is saying that his firstborn asked if acdc is heavy metal or hard rock please explain all right oh, hard rock hard rock in the modern in 2022 they are a hard rock band if we were talking about the middle of the 80s mm. there were people that would probably consider them a heavy metal band but yeah as time has gone on and you've had bands like Metallica and stuff like that kind of rise to the top and then more extreme bands come after um, any band that for most bands that we grew up considering a heavy metal, most of them would be considered hard rock nowadays. Yeah. So everyone calls them old school now, don't they? It's the old school rock, <laughs> old school rock. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've never heard that, but yeah. Yeah, that's what they say. That's what they say in the UK. All the like you say, they, they would have been called a, a heavy metal act, and now it's old school. Right. Okay, so well, I have heard people say old school heavy metal, so maybe maybe you're right. Mm. Um, I've I've heard Mark say, uh, and this is a positive or, or not a positive thing. This is something that's used a lot on commercial radio in the states. They talk about heritage acts. And that drives me crazy. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> hell is a heritage act. Yeah. All right. So I have no problem with it. All right. So we're shifting it around and we're putting it in another part of the, you know, rock department, let's say. But heritage, you know, I was seeing people like Fleetwood Mac and uh, the Eagles and, and Kiss group together there. And I'm like, Kiss has nothing to do with yeah. the Eagles. So <laughs> Legacy Acts. Yes, that's another one. Oh, that drives me crazy. <laughs> so um, were, were you able to prepare the uh, new wave of British heavy metal questions that uh, you had discussed? No. <laughs> no. No time, I'm afraid. No. I was going, yeah. I was going to give you a quiz, wasn't I? Um, We'll do that again. I'll I'll um I'll work on that. Yeah. Well, well, here's another thing we could do. We could set up a trivia Tuesday, where we could do mm. uh, new wave of British heavy metal questions. And uh, I've I've had a few people reach out to me and say, "Hey, I'll, can you do one on this topic? I'd help you put the questions together." Mm. So may, yeah, maybe that's, that's uh, an option for that. That's that's a good idea good idea <laughs> um kiss getting back to the cruises kiss is going to be retiring i said this last week there's no way in hell that they don't continue doing kiss cruises even with mm -hmm. 
the full band being um uh not being there i i i mean with with the fans that kiss has and we've seen this from the conventions that they've been doing for years in the u.s you can have one member of the band show up and i think they could sell out one of the cruises yeah yeah so i don't see them stopping that anytime soon and no. I'm, I'm gonna be quite honest with you and, and i've said this for a long time they should have done what the Bee Gees did and just say all right you want to see kiss gotta come to the cruise charge whatever it is you want to charge people will pay you know that's that that that's the thing people will pay 3000 people will pay out of however many billion are on earth 3000 people will pay whatever it is that kiss is asking to see them and i wouldn't discount that that's what they will eventually do or like i said just have one member show up or maybe it's just gene and paul doing you know a set with to other people that have nothing to do, or maybe it's a revolving door of former KISS members. Who knows? So yeah. And I think I think one of the other things about it is, and, and Gene has said this before, he said that when all of the members have retired or even died, KISS will mm -hmm. still continue as a band. And so he I think his his vision for KISS is that other guys will wear the makeup and yeah. act as if they are. Gene and Paul and and everyone else and 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 you know Kiss will just continue as a band and we've seen that with other bands how they've changed yeah. over the years you know they they may have one former member or you know I mean what about Leonard Skinner you know that they, they yeah. are basically basically not not none of them um, yeah. you know it happens doesn't it I mean who's to say that they won't get a new member in just before they all go. Uh, and then you know you get used to that new member. Uh, maybe Gene will retire. He's you know he he doesn't want to he does want to do the concerts much anymore. He's getting old. He's got to wear all that makeup. Well, it's not the makeup; it's the boots and the you know the yeah. heavy uh, the costumes he's wearing. And so you know they could they could easily do it, easily do it. Particularly with the fact that they wear the makeup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and here's another thing. I mean, they were doing these conventions, and they were having tribute uh, tribute bands come in and and do yeah. shows while they were at conventions. They could easily have bands that just play certain eras of the of of the band's uh, you know um, catalog, and you could literally have you know people go to see an '80s show. Uh, on the cruise one night, see them do a 70s show another night, see them do just one album at another thing. You know, there's there's so many ways that they could, you know, approach this. So, I yeah. mean, they're, um, they're, they're not letting that well run dry just yet. I don't see that happening, you know? <laughs> yeah, and how often do you see a, a tribute band and, and you, you're, you're really enjoying the band? You, you, you're not really bothered that you, you're not seeing the original band. You're enjoying the songs. You know, you, yeah. you're looking at a band that looks like them and you're enjoying the songs and who cares? You know, you, you've paid £10, £20 instead of paying 200 quid. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've I've been playing in a tribute band for years, so I I know that, and I've actually had people come up to me 
and say, hey, you know, uh, they're good now, but they were so much better when you were in the band. I'm like, oh, get out of here. You're just kissing my ass. No, no, no. It's you added something different. You're playing your, you know, the backing vocals, this and that. So I get it. You know, people just yeah. want to go out and have fun and and celebrate songs that that they love growing up. That's why I think that if you take that whole uh, that that screen that they did with Dio, I think if you approach it the right way, that that can be very successful, especially after a band retires. Yeah. You know, I, I think the problem with what they did with Dio, I mean, they played here. They literally played 20 minutes from my house, but it's what you were talking about before. I mean, they had essentially the Dio band with Ripper Owens, with Oni Logan, plus the um, the the video thing going on. And they only did a 50 minute show. That's mm. ridiculous. Yeah. You yeah. know, you've, You've got Oni and Ripper who you could technically do an hour each with them, mm. you know? And, and I mean, I could see kiss and I mentioned this to Mark before, you know, you could do kiss where you have a video where the, one of them introduces, you know, and says, Oh, this was on such and such a tour. You know, this was going on almost like a storytellers thing, building it up. And then you see them do, you know, perform a song or two from that tour. You know, you could literally make that, you know, a two hour engagement and people are going to pay for it. Why? Because they want to celebrate songs that they loved seeing. And Brad was mentioning it before on the fireside pre-show with Judas priest. I've been saying this for years. People are, People don't realize what happened to blues artists, what happened to doo-wop, Motown, all of these other genres where, much like you just mentioned, the, you know, so-and-so's great-grandson joins the band. He's now, you know, he's now one of the permanent members of the Temptations or whatever, you know, any of these, you know, historic bands that are still out there touring. But the last time an original member was in the band was 50 years ago. The last time that somebody who coincided with one of the original members retired was 30 years ago, you know? So the music Mm. lives on. And you don't see in these other genres, unlike a lot of fickle hard rock and metal fans, you don't see a lot of these people say, oh, it's not the original band. You know, I, I don't. I don't want to see this. No, it's people saying, hey, you know, I want to go out a Saturday night, going out with my wife. I'm going to have a good time. We're going to listen to, you know, artists going out and doing the music that we grew up loving, you know, listening to and dancing to and and doing all this stuff. I mean, that I think will eventually happen when a lot of these bands that we're talking about will be gone. Yeah, it's already happening here because we've got a band over here called the Bootleg Beatles, and they're really, really famous. I mean, they're they're doing they're making a good living out of it, you know, because they're good at it. And there's, there's plenty of Oasis bands. There's mm-hmm. uh, there's a band called Limehouse Lizzie. They even have a guy who looks like Phil Lynott as the bass player, and they okay. are 
they, if you close your eyes, you, you're listening to Thin Lizzy. And the same goes for the ACDC tribute bands because, okay, ACDC are still going, but, you know, they mm -hmm. haven't been going as well. You know, they're not as, um, going as frequently as they were. Um, sure. And the, the, there's this band called Livewire ACDC. They're fantastic. They pack out. I mean, I've been to, to places where they've been able to fill the, fill the clubs more than a band like Diamond Head or, you know, a, another sort of proper band. It's, it's yeah. incredible. <laughs> we have a band that's coming that's called uh, Pulse Floyd. Okay. And, and they're going to be doing the, um, uh, to, to what I understood from the flyer, they're going to be doing the uh, Pulse Live album by Pink Floyd. Um, there have been several, let's see, there have been U2, Queen, and Guns N' Roses tribute bands. I've, n I've never checked them out. There's a, um, there was a Michael Shanker tribute band. The okay. band was spot on. They were going to be playing at, um, at a bar, um, not that far from me. And I was like, oh, you know, I've. I had DJed at this bar and I had interviewed people there. So I was like, Oh, you know, I, I want to check this out because if it's any good, you know, I, I'd like to see this show. This would be cool. Mm. So I'm watching video of them. Band is spot on. Vocalist is horrible. All right. He's not even singing in English. It's someone singing <laughs> in Spanish, mm. pretending to speak it, to sing in English, you know, um, he's mumbling words that sound kind of like what the original lyrics were like. So for someone that isn't aware of the actual language, sure. I'm sure they could get by most of the time. And it was funny because I spoke to the owners of the bar, uh, because I was interviewing, a um, a guitarist of a, a Spanish band on that day. And there was a, a local a local footballer who's played for uh, for Real Madrid actually was there, and he goes, "What's your opinion of this band?" And we were talking about them. I said, "Well, you know, the, just what I said. Music is great." He goes, "But the vocals were off, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, big time." <laughs> he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "My English isn't great, but he said, yeah, it was it was unfortunate." So uh, I was like, "Yeah, well." You, you mean there's, some, there's somebody out there wor worse than Gary Barden and Graham Bonnet because they're pretty bad live at the moment. <laughs> well, I think I may have said this at a it was this was at a festival when when Michael was doing a tour and every tour he was swapping out you know members of the band. So it was him. It was um, uh Wayne Finley on guitar and keys it was Chris Glenn on bass who had just come back um it was mm. Gary Barton on lead vocals and the drummer was Chris Slade mm. and the tour before it was actually uh Car Carmine apiece but um you know as someone who's grown up you know learning to play drums playing along to Simon Phillips and Cozy Powell playing those tracks, I was like, oh, I can't wait to hear, oh, Simon Phillips, such a, such a, or not, or Chris Slade, such a great drummer. You know, he's Sessions guy, ACDC, uh -huh. The Firm, you know, so on and so forth. 
They're playing Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, one of my all-time favorite songs by anyone. A song that I've learned to play inside and out. Oh my God, he's playing the, uh, the, the this fill ten measures early. That's not where the that's not where the drum fill goes. And then where the actual drum fill goes, he's playing the regular beat instead of like going into the into the the pre-chorus with the. It it was it was oh I remember telling my wife like please let's go let's go I can't I can't watch this this is breaking my heart you know this is one of those moments where mm. you want to see somebody but then you see them it's like oh my god I wish I wouldn't have so yeah I was a bit like that on the tour where you had the four singers but you know Barden and, and Bonnet were were pretty stretched you know they were really uh, not not so good but the other two singers were fine they were they were good. Yeah, Doogie and uh, who was yeah. the fourth one? That oh, uh, Robin McCauley. McCauley, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, those two are, are good singers and still, they, you know, they're good. Yeah, yeah well, uh, with Graham, I guess you've got the excuse that he's eighty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and 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 Gary Gary disappeared for a long time because there was a lot of. There, there's a lot of folklore as to why he disappeared. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, but um, a lot of discussion as to whether, whether he could sing in the first place or whether it was sort of manufactured. A bit like Dave Lee Roth, you know, it's one of those where, right. uh, you know, could they actually sing at all? <laughs> Man, I, I, I love I love those first two MSG albums. Yeah. But then af- after that, I mean, the... The material just was after that it just wasn't the same, in my opinion. Mm. I mean, they're good albums, but they just don't compare to the first the first two uh MSG albums, the first two that were called MSG. Um yeah. I, and and I really like that's the what is it, the third? Actually, I really like the first Robin McCauley album, and I like the last one. Save mm. yourself never done anything for me for some reason i know that there are people that absolutely love that album yeah but yeah. it just has never spoken to me but yeah you know when barden came back and and even with graham bonnet there the songs just weren't as good and there are some great songs there but just as a whole the albums just don't hold up as well i think and then after yeah. that i mean after macaulay there was I lost track, to be honest. So, <laughs> yeah, there were some dodgy albums along the way. I quite like the, I really like the the latest one they've released. Um, at first, I didn't like it so much, but I played it and played it, and then got into it, and I think there's some really good guitar in on it. It's well, well worth a listen. You forced yourself to like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that can happen sometimes. <laughs> you 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 know who the uh, singer is on his upcoming album, right? Uh, is it Ronnie? It is Ronnie. Yeah, thought so. <laughs> well, Ronnie gets around. You can always just guess Ronnie to any. He's a, he's any answer to most questions, right? <laughs> and he, let's be honest, he's a great singer. Yeah, but I think at this point, I mean, I think he's taken over for Ripper Owens as being the guy that's in. And and no, I mean, I'm not saying this with any disrespect to yeah. either of them because I think they're great talents, and. Let's be honest. If we're in their position and people are saying, you know, can you sing for me? Can you sing this? Can you sing that? Okay. If you pay my price, I'll do it. So, I mean, they've got to make a living like the rest of us. So, yeah. Yeah. 
So no, no, no shame in that. Um, any other bands that you think could actually do like a Kiss Cruise that on their own could headline a, a cruise yeah. like that? I mean, I, I obviously think that Metallica could do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely Metallica. Yeah, I they'd be the first thing I think of. I would yeah. like to think, you know, an Iron Maiden one would, but I'm just right. wondering whether whether Maiden would really want to do it. You know, would they need to do it? Would they really like to do it? I can see Metallica doing that sort of thing, but I'm not sure whether Iron Maiden really want to. I mean, if you think about it, some of the some of the band members don't really want to engage that much. They, right. you know, they they like being in Maiden, but they have other lives. Whereas Metallica seems to be more of an engagement type band. Right. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking that that might suit them more. Um, yeah, Nico's the only guy that you actually see because he's got the restaurant and you see him interacting with people. Yeah. yeah I think that's that's a great point because, again, Adrian, you look at him, he's a big fisherman. He's someone who likes the outdoors and kind of being yeah. alone. You know, so I, I get your point. Yannick, Yannick sort of goes up to the pub in the northeast. I think he still lives in a similar place to where he used to up in the mm-hmm. northeast. He still goes to his local pub up there. He likes to just be the ordinary guy. And right. um, Dave Murray likes playing golf, apparently. Uh, you know, he's a big golfer. Uh, right. And I think he's, you know, he's just basically sees this as a bit of a retirement hobby now, <laughs> which yeah. just goes on and on. <laughs> <laughs> which never stops. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, I, I mean, some, some of the American bands, I think, are more suited to the to the cruise experience, I guess. Um, so, you know, I, some of the larger American bands w- would be the ones that I'd see as as going as doing that. So, like a Motley Crue or yeah, a yeah. Aerosmith cruise, while well, Aerosmith is coming to an end, they would probably throw each other off over the side of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah probably uh yeah i'm not sure whether we're going to see them live again much right but, but yeah um some of the you know the bigger american american bands would be really suited to that and, and kiss the top of the bill for it really you know i mean it's it's tailor-made for, for them yeah absolutely um going all the way back to the beginning with festivals what do you have planned uh you're usually at bloodstock you you uh you mentioned is there any anything else festival wise or show wise that you have in the cards in the in the near future i'm thinking of going to download at least for a day next year now i think kiss are playing one day and i think i maiden are playing the other um i'm thinking of going to see maiden um because my daughter will probably want to go and her fiance they're getting married later this year um i think that they want to go so i I might drive for the day and just go and see maiden it's it's probably worth it i tend to sort of with that sort of thing i'll wait to the week of the the of the gig because i like to see what the weather forecast is because there's been a few real washouts there there's no there's no way you're going to get me now at my age standing in a field on on the rainiest day of the year uh, watching a band there's no point uh you know i've seen them before i want to see them in the sunshine cold beer in hand, burger in the other, uh, and, you know, just enjoying yourself. So, yeah, that's that's one I'd like to go to. I mentioned the one on the on the um, the festival on, in Wales on the hill. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Schenk, as I said, Schenk, I think Schenk is playing this year, and they're they're announcing other bands. Um, I think there were a few others that I wanted to see. Heat were on as well. Okay. Uh, at the same festival, and I've got the Heat Two album, which is brilliant. So yeah, I'd, li- I'd probably like to go to that one. That'd be good. Oh, what's this? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to find the 2022 edition. And Bloodstock, there's a, few, there's a few bands at Bloodstock this year. I mean, you got Testament coming on this year. Uh, okay. Sacred Ri- Sacred Riker on. Oh wow. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Oh, and uh, just thought about it actually. There's there's a festival that I just noticed down south. I think it's near Northampton, which is just north of London, mm-hmm. uh, and that's coming on at the end of May. And I noticed that the Saturday and Sunday I wasn't so interested, but the Friday they've got Accept headlining with oh, wow. um, Overkill as the support band. Uh, there's a band called Urn, which I think are French. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, and there's there's another band in between them as well. It will come to me in a minute. Um, and so, yeah, that looked a pretty decent bill. Um, good for maybe just going for a day. Yeah, so download February 10th. February 10th. Friday, June 10th. Excuse June, me. Yeah. Yeah, so main stage is Kiss, A Day to Remember, Skindred, Blackfield Brides, Barry Tomorrow, Theory, and Wayward Sons. The Zippo Encore stage is The Distillers, Airborne, Lacuna Coil, Miles Kennedy and Company, uh, Skinned, I guess is the name, and um, Aaron Jones, who Mike Jones was a fan of. That's weird that uh, Lacuna Coil is the third band down on that. I would think that they would be closer to the top of the bill there, but I guess the distillers are bigger mm. in the UK than, than Lacuna Coil is. Yeah. Uh, Avalanche Stage is the Ghost Inside, Sleep Token, Normandy, Meet Me at the Altar, Kid Brunswick as Everything Unfolds and Press Club. I think Sleep Token is the only band that I know and the ghost inside out of that. And then Dogtooth Stage, Electric Wizard, Blues Pills, Red Fang, British Lion. Um, so Steve Harris is playing two days there. Mm. Uh, I think he's done that before, actually. Has he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'm almost certain he's done that before. Tempt, uh, A.A. Williams, Dead Poet Society, Cellar Door, Moon Crow, The Scratch, and Harriet. So I actually know more bands off of that stage than most of the other stage, well, than the that Avalanche stage. Yeah. What they tend to do is that um, Andy Copping, who runs the festival, he's quite savvy, really. He, he knows um, his audience very well, and he knows the age group and, and what – people are coming for at the festival so he knows that you know everyone's coming for maiden and kiss you know those sort of bands but then what he does is he puts on a sort of a bill on one stage that he knows that a certain age group will like and you can tell from the you know the british lion stage that there's a lot of bands on there that will appeal to my age group whereas the young the younger fan is going to watch you know the the main stage building up to maiden and then you sort of you know the older fan moves along and, and comes back uh, well, that that 
June 11th, Maiden is is stacked. Maiden, Deftone, Shine Down, The Pretty Reckless, Black Label Society, Monster Truck, Those Damn Crows, and The Raven Age, which is Steve Harris's son's yeah. band. Yeah. And then that encore stage is Megadeth, Mastodon, Doherty, Bush, Code Orange, Ice Nine Kills, Malevolence. I've been playing the crap out of all week. Um, cassette, I guess. I've never heard of them. And then Dirty Honey. Um, and then similar to what you're saying, that Dogtooth stage is Sepultura, Obituary, obituary and a bunch of uh, like extreme metal bands that are pretty well known. And Sunday the 12th, Biffy Clyro with Corn, Volbeat, Rise Against, Ailstorm. Power Wolf, Wargasm. So I know all of those. And then the encore stage is Steel Panther, The Darkness, Skillet, Bareness, Tremonti, uh, Wednesday 13, Massive Wagons, and the other two bands I don't know. Yeah, and much to what you're saying, the Avalanche stage is a bunch of like punk bands, Descendants, Boston Manor. Trash Boat, Spirit Box, actually, Marianas Trench, who's more of a poppy band. Uh, Ted Posey. And Miles, Miles Kennedy is on two different days. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so so what Andy Copy would do, to, just for an example, he wouldn't have, say, a Saxon on at the same time as UFO because right. he knows that the audience for those bands are exactly the same. So there's no way... They would clash, you know, and so you're going to have, you know, Saxon with a band like Bring Me the Horizon or something, because it's it's a different different type of age group that's watching, you know, each band. Yeah, makes makes complete and, sense. You know, you've got a you've got a you know you've probably got a, a, around a hundred thousand people at that festival as well. Throughout all the days, or at one time? No, on one day there'll be be about sort of eighty to one hundred and ten thousand on the one day. I mean, it's an enormous, an enormous festival. I mean, the the field itself is is spread out. You know, it's huge. I mean, obviously, it's it pales into comparison with Glastonbury, which is which is even bigger. But <laughs> it, it's um this is a big this is a big festival, and when it's full, that field there's a lot of people there. I mean, it's huge. Your impressions of being at Glastonbury as opposed to being at Download. I mean, immediately, do you notice how much bigger it is? Well, I haven't been. I admit I've not been to Glastonbury. I've only seen it on the TV. But my daughter's been to Glastonbury, and she said it took – she actually worked there for a year. And she okay. said that, that it's, um, it's, it's enormous. I mean, it takes uh, a long time to walk from one end of Glastonbury Festival to the other. Um, you know, I think something like, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour to walk, you know, the around <laughs> it's, it's huge. Yeah. So, so, so you're looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of like two and a half to three kilometers. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I just know it's bigger than, it's bigger than download, but download is a big festival, you know, really oh, yeah. big. Um, and even the second, the second stage is quite large, you know, I mean, it's, um, you, the second stage is, is as large as the main stage at some of the smaller festivals, you know, it's, right. um, it's big. And the other thing with Glastonbury that a lot of people don't know, I mean, obviously in the UK, they know this, but they shut it down every so many years just to renovate, 
you know, do do all types of infrastructure and and clean up a lot of the junk that's literally been sitting there from one year to another. Yeah, and one of the main reasons is to allow the the field itself to to regenerate. You know, yeah. um, you can't have people trampling around a field every year and expect it to be a field. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, you're right. They they have it on. Um, it's every other year, isn't it? Whereas you notice the difference between that and how Vakken is done, because the day after Vakken ends, they start working on next year's festival. Yeah. I mean, they, they start, you know, it was amazing. Um, I saw one year when they uh, did all the piping for the, uh, for the draft beer. Um, so they figured that it would be cheaper to run pipes under under the uh under the grounds to specific huts throughout the uh uh the the field there as opposed to just having people walk around aimlessly with your typical you know beer cooler on the back mm. that way they could guarantee a certain temperature of the beer and you know there was all these things so they actually set up i forget how many different like uh, huts or sheds or however you want to call it uh, so that people could just go and get their beer, you know, in the middle of, uh, in the middle of this festival that goes to show the priority of the uh, German audience where (laughs) they they need to make sure that everyone has the, uh, you know, that they're um, liquored up with their favorite uh, beverage. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's all about uh, it's all about shifting stuff and and taking the money, isn't it? As well, and yeah. you know, you want to make sure the punter's happy and the punter's never queuing and and is always paying the money. <laughs> yeah, um, and the other thing that they've done with Vakken, which they decided a long time ago, Vakken isn't as big as what people think. It's capped off at I believe it's fifty thousand. Okay, so they purposely did that just to ensure that. You know, they could maintain the crowd, they could maintain the grounds, because I believe the first few years it was whoever showed up and was able to fit into the field could get in. Mm. And then they realized that that was harder to control the crowds and it was more difficult to, you know, for upkeep and and a lot of different, for a lot of different logistical reasons. So they pivoted and, you know, made things a little smaller but they they sell out. I mean, the the last day of the festival, and Download does this as well. The that Sunday, as Download is going on, people are already buying tickets for next year. Yeah, yeah. So even without knowing what bands are going to be there, so I mean, they they know the name. The name equals quality. Yeah. So they, they they take that risk, you know, and and buy stuff. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. Some people go to the festivals; they don't care who's on. They know they're going to see right. some some bands that they like because there's so many on. So it doesn't right. really ma- it doesn't really matter to many people, you know. And some people don't even make the headlines because uh, they're so tired or they're drunk or they just want to go back right. and go to sleep. Because <laughs> yeah. there's always another there's another day, you know. There's three days, so who cares if you miss one on the Friday? You know, you're going to be there all day Saturday anyway. Oh yeah, absolutely. What do you think about this year's Hellfest? <laughs> well, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, it's it's mind blowing, isn't it? Absolutely yeah. mind blowing. 
Um, it's, it's, it's a festival of all festivals, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 350 bands without exaggerating. I'm not making that number up. Yeah. It's, it's three days, one weekend and four the following. And they're essentially cramming in two years worth of festivals and in, in two weekends because they've got contracts they gotta you know adhere to so they that's how they figured doing it yeah i'm gonna uh set up a site so that people can sponsor me to go <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> it's uh yeah i'd love to go uh, i think is it sold out i presume it's sold out uh, yeah 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 absolutely yeah, yeah it must be because i mean it's 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 just it's a whole of heavy metal in one uh in one festival <laughs> yeah absolutely and um yeah well because they're honoring people's tickets from 2020 and 2021 yeah, yeah. so you know if any if if there were people that again asked for refunds or whatever i'm sure they w they didn't have any issues uh selling those tickets yeah <laughs> so um yeah that's you, an amazing fest but Sorry, gone. No, I was going to say you say that you wait to the week of. There, there are always tickets available, even though they say that they're sold out. Yeah. So what happens with a, a thing like download is that all the tickets for camping would be sold out, so they wouldn't have any spaces for camping. And so those are the people who've maybe got the three day tickets, or they've gone a day, but they they've always booked the camping with the ticket. So right. what I'm talking about are the um, you can buy day tickets or you mm -hmm. can buy a three-day ticket but without the right. camping and that's because there i don't know what the limit is on the numbers of people that they can actually have in the field but mm -hmm. i know that most years um they've not reached the capacity so there's always some tickets uh yeah. you know maybe even a, a few thousand or whatever because you know some years there's 70 80 thousand people there some years there's a hundred Plus, it depends on who's headlining. I think Guns N' Roses was one of the biggest because they right. hadn't played for so long as well. And then, you know, they mm -hmm. reformed and everybody wanted to see them. I think Maiden and maybe ACDC have always been big. But when Aerosmith are on or, or Kiss or one of the others, you know, there's, there's just, you know, there is the capacity. So you can pick up a ticket in the week. And it, that's good to know for me because obviously I'm planning it for the weather. So it's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I know that there was backlash the year that Aerosmith was there because some people said, because I think it was Aerosmith, Def Leppard, and a bunch of bands of that ilk. And I remember people complaining, yeah. saying that it was, you know, it was uh, Old Timers Day or, yeah. or something. You know? Yeah, I was there. Uh, Journey were on and ZZ Top were on. Uh, and for me, it was fantastic. I was enjoying every minute of it. And the sun was shining. In fact, it was so hot but my wife and I both went and we got back to the hotel and one side of our face was completely pink. We'd got oh, yeah. terribly sunburn on one side of the face uh, and we're quite unwell the next day. <laughs> uh, so that taught us for not taking any uh, sun cream. Yeah. Well, the closest thing that happened to me with that was being at a festival where it was in Madrid close to, it was 40 something degrees at night. And you were talking about the hotel. I remember driving in. This was the the festival went on in a large industrial park. And I saw a hotel as we were coming in. And it was, I forget what time at night. I was not feeling well at all from the heat. I don't do well mm -hmm. in the heat. 
and I walked back to the hotel and, and I said, do you have air conditioning? Yes. Let me see. Oh, we've only got one room, but it's quite expensive. How much? 80 euros. I'll take it. <laughs> says, are you sure that's, you know, that's a lot. I'm like, no problem. It's got AC <laughs> and it's got a shower. <laughs> oh, we're, we're good. My friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, camping's all right. Uh, one of those things when, 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 when you're a wee lad, but when you get to be yeah. a little, you know, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I will only go in the hotel now. In fact, one year um, we arrived at the hotel again. I was with my wife. We decided we go to the Hilton because they had an offer on. Uh, so we went there, and it's um, uh, we we got we got into the hotel and we sat in the lounge. This guy comes in. He'd just been to the Friday of the festival, and we were only going to the Saturday and Sunday. And he was talking about the festival, and then he said, "Oh, did you know Motley Crue was staying in this hotel?" And I said, "No, what?" <laughs> I was. <laughs> What are we going to see them? He says, "Well, you might do, you might not, but yeah, I saw them last night." <laughs> oh wow! So uh, was that or, or was he just being, uh, you know, facetious? I think he was being genuine. He was one of these genuine guys who, you know, he wasn't bullshitting. Uh, yeah. But we, we we didn't see them. Um, we we also did a similar thing. We st- strangely we stayed in um, at the other end of the of the uh, the hotel front is a, called the Travel Lodge, which is uh, one of the sort of like the lower end hotel groups. And we were staying there in London uh, for the High Voltage Festival, and Saxon were in there. But again, we missed them. Uh, we got all the stories that they were down for breakfast, but apparently Biff is uh, is like that. You know, he pays for the cheapest hotels going because he's from Yorkshire, right. <laughs> so he's renowned for it. <laughs> That's funny. so we keep we keep missing the stars in the hotel. So there you go. <laughs> You're almost there. So so now yeah. you guys know if if you want to meet any of the stars at the hotel, find out from Jeremy when he's going, and make sure to show up a little earlier. You'll you'll run into them. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else that you want to uh, discuss before wrapping things up? Uh, no, I just say uh, to everyone, have a listen to the Sanhedrin album, which I picked for patrons pick this week. It's really great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and it's a, you know, maybe a band that you've not really listened to. So uh, something to reach out for as well as the ghost album this week. Very good. Um, Jeremy, always fun to have you on here. Jeremy is always on Trivia Tuesday and on um, Fireside Friday pre-show. So, and, and Jeremy and I exchange plenty of messages throughout the week, and he provides the uh, patron's pick uh, during the podcast as well. So he's, he's a big part of, um, you know, w- what I do on the various platforms and formats. And I, uh, I thank you for all your support and for everything that you do do. It is beyond excellent. And, you know, you're, you're one of the reasons why I keep doing this. So I, I appreciate you coming on tonight. Oh, it's a pleasure, Victor. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Uh, on that note, folks, thank you for watching this or for listening. If you're listening or watching to the replay, uh, Hope you guys enjoyed this discussion. Let us know. Drop us a line. Um, follow us on Patreon, where Jeremy is uh, a patron. Obviously, Mr. Patron's pick. He's got that nickname for a reason. Um, it is a great troll-free group uh, where we 
talk about music on a daily basis, post videos, post extra podcasts. And um, we're all just music junkies in there. So it's, it's a lot of fun to catch up with everyone. You do so for as little as $2 a month. And coming in two weeks, our discussion on 1982. So if you want to submit your list on your fa- of your favorite albums for 1982, you need to be a patron. So Jer- Jeremy has already uh, submitted his, and we'll see if, if any of uh, his picks make it. <laughs> it'll, it'll be on the big list at least, but we'll see where they end up on the list. Yeah, looking forward to that one. It'd be great. So it'll be fun. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Jose. Thank you, uh, Bill, for being in the chat. And uh, anyone else who uh, jumped in and out, hopefully Brad has gotten home by now. Hopefully he wasn't watching while he was driving home. Um, I'm sure he'll check in. But uh, anyway, thank you, guys. We will catch you next time right here on the Signals from Mars live stream. Or if you're listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. with this episode with Jeremy. See you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 